Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Tangled. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? I sure do. Tangled is a 2010 Disney movie based on the fairy tale Rapunzel. It stars the voices of Mandy Moore, Zachary Levi, Donna Murphy, Brad Garrett, Ron Perlman, Jeffrey Tambor, and as a little aside here, as I was reading the Wikipedia article, it says non-speaking animal characters include Rapunzel's pet chameleon, Pascal and Maximus, and it acts like, well, they're non-speaking, so we don't need to credit their actors, but guess what, guys? Animals have voice actors who voice act their na- their noises. Pascal's so. sounds were not made by just squeezing a chameleon. <laughs> no, they were not. So, uh, just to throw it out there, Frank Welker, very famous uh, voice actor who is in everything, as every animal you've ever encountered in cartoons, he is the voice of Max- Maximus and Pascal. And... John DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio, John, John. DiMaggio, I can never remember which it is. <laughs> one of them's a baseball player, one of them's a voice actor. John DiMaggio, famous for Bender on Futurama, as well as Jake the Dog on Adventure Time. It plays one of the Stabbington brothers when he makes noises. Because one of the Stabbington brothers never speaks, but yeah. he makes some noises, and those have to be made by a person. Paul, will you tell us the plot of... Tangled. I will tell the plot. I just want to say I'm also here for giving credit to voice actors, even if they're not making words. Like, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of specialized talent and skill. Yep. The plot of Tangled is that Rapunzel has magic hair that glows when someone sings a magic song. Mother Gothel keeps her in a tower to hoard the magic and uh, keep anyone, including Rapunzel, from discovering that Rapunzel is actually the lost princess of the nearby kingdom. Rapscallion and thief Flint Rider, Flynn Rider, uh, stumbles into the tower, and Rapunzel and Flynn make a deal that he will show her the lanterns that rise every day on her birthday if she gives him back his stolen crown that she hid. So they go on a quest, they go on an adventure, and become unlikely friends. And maybe more. (laughs) This is like the most, the worst job I've ever done. Was really bad. (laughs) It's Rapunzel. She's in a tower, she has long hair, Mother Gothel wants to keep her there. Flynn is new from the Grimm brothers and takes her away and then (laughs) maybe worse. Paul? Yes. Good job. (laughs) The story of Tangled is extremely different from the story of actual Rapunzel. The elements of a a girl with long hair trapped in a tower by a witch are there. Pretty much everything else is different. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Like, there's... She's not a princess. No. At all. In, in Rapunzel. In Rapunzel, she's. I, mean, I would like to. I would like to talk about that at okay. a later time in this podcast. Good point. I just cannot resist being like, 
trying to summarize the plot of Tangled and being like, it's like Rapunzel is futile because it ain't. <laughs> Should I take one more stab at it or have we got enough? I, you know what? I think if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Tangled, too bad. <laughs> You should. Just go watch it. It's, you know, objectively, is it good? (laughs) There's a real debate in, like, Disney fans of this era. There is a big debate of uh, whether Tangled or Frozen is the better movie. Because Frozen was more of a commercial success and got more acclaim. But a lot of people claim that Tangled is actually a better movie. We don't have to compare the two at this moment, but I'm just throwing that out to say that, like, there are people who feel very strongly, not just that Tangled is good, but that is, like, the undeserved over, the undeservedly overlooked best Disney movie of this era. I have a lot of sentimental affection for Frozen, so I'm not going to compare, but I will say I think those people are basically right in their determination of the quality of Tangled. That's a roundabout way of saying, I think it's really good. Objectively. <laughs> I also think it's really good. I think that it, it not Frozen, kicked off the Disney, I don't know what we're calling it, new renaissance or whatever. Yeah. After a long fallow period. Yeah. But, uh, which frankly included Meet the Robinsons, which was great. Their so, fallow period whatever. included some good movies. Yeah, I think that it just didn't include any princesses. Yeah. So, yeah, I do agree that it's a little overlooked. Frozen is very good and kind of just came at the exact right time for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I think the music is very well done. Yeah. And I think that the voice acting is is really good. Mandy Moore just knocks it out of the park. I agree. She is hilarious, and Zachary Levi is great, and oh, and Donna Murphy as Mother Gothel is it's so good, so good, both as a vocal, perf- like both, sorry, as a speaking performance and as a singing performance. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Mother Gothel songs are so good. I think in this movie. So, yeah, just objectively all around. I guess I mean, the plot has some holes. It does. And those are, like, the one that I think a lot of people have mentioned, and if you look up Tangled, you'll see this complaint, is like, why on earth would she tell Rapunzel that that's her birthday on the day that the lanterns go? Yeah. I guess maybe she didn't notice, but, like, kids don't remember what their birthday is. Yeah. The date of their birthday, they don't remember. They remember that you tell um, when you tell them, hey, today's your birthday, they go, oh, great! So, like, there's no reason Rapunzel would know that, like, Rapunzel needed to have that day be her birthday. There's all throughout, like, Rapunzel has knowledge that she doesn't make a lot of sense that she would know. And we can believe that maybe she gleaned it from the books she read. But it's, again, like, why does Mother Gothel give her books that are going to give her knowledge that is going to be uh, counterproductive to Mother Gothel? Yeah. And also, when... Uh, Mother Gothel's hunting them down. She often, like, very conveniently shows up just at the moment. And it doesn't really make sense. Yes. Exactly. There's just, yeah, there's a few plot holes that just are glaring. 
those to me are pre- are pretty small in terms of my assessment of the quality of the movie though because i think in terms of the script there are character and theme continuities that work very well mm-hmm. in the story absolutely so like i don't dispute their plot holes i don't get too hung up on them mm-hmm. uh the script i think is pretty good it's not the funniest, like, it's not the best. When I talk about the script, often what I'm specifically looking for is, like, the one-liners and the dialogue, which often means, like, wittiness and jokes. Yeah. It's not the funniest script out there. Mm-hmm. But it's good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. It has some good moments. It has some, uh, I think, actually, that the script is... Um, helped a lot by the high quality of the vocal performances from Mandy Moore and Zachary Levy. Mm-hmm. Zachary Levy is really funny. Yeah. Mandy Moore is really funny. They have great chemistry and they have great comedic timing together. And yes, it makes a lot absolutely. of the lines that aren't necessarily that funny kind of land well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So not objectively, how much do you enjoy this movie? I enjoy it quite a lot. I mentioned the comparison between Frozen and Tangled, and maybe that was a stupid thing to mention, but I'm bringing it up again and saying, like, I'm not one of those people who thinks that Tangled is better. Or at least my enjoyment of it is not as much as my enjoyment of Frozen. Yeah. But I enjoy it a lot, and I think I enjoy it more as I see it more. I think I my enjoyment of it has grown as I've become more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? I love Tangled. I think it's fantastic. I like it's one of my favorite of any kind of of the modern Disney movies. I um I think the first time I watched it I was just so surprised. I didn't right. think it would be any good at all because it was just like this new thing and they're trying to ugh and <laughs> you know, and it was the one I mean, Rapunzel was kind of the one fairy tale left. Yeah. And maybe we'll get more into that in a little bit. But I would like it to. was, you know, I was so familiar with the actual fairy tale that I knew it was like, oh, do I want a Disneyfied version? But it was great. I love it. I love the music. The I See the Light song makes me cry every time. Yep, me too. It's so great. Um, if you're keeping track, it did make me cry this time. And also, I cried. Sometimes I cried too. Wow. I did not fall asleep. <laughs> I praise. <laughs> I haven't fallen asleep in a while. Um, fallen asleep in a while. Um, but the, I just have to bring up about Tangled. Uh, we went to Disney World uh, a while ago. I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast a few times whenever we talk about Disney movies. And there was one moment where my kids were going to the bathroom and I sent them into the bathroom and I was kind of waiting for them just outside. And suddenly I turned around and I was in the village entangled. Like there were the banners with the purple banners with the star with the suns on them. And there was kind of a castle set up. So it looked like it was in the distance. And I like, flipped out and there was no one around i was waiting for my kids by myself and i was just like i'm entangled i'm here i'm entangled and there's no one to get excited with 
<laughs> so like moments like that like make me realize how much I really love this movie and how much like I really recognize the the elements from it. Yeah, so it's great. I, I really really like it. I really like that scene in the village where it's just like a montage of their day and dancing around. I think that's very well directed. Yeah. And put together. And it makes me want to kind of join in the dance. Mm-hmm. It, it totally works, plays my emotions. Yep. I also really like Entangled, the decision to have the animals not be talking animals. Yes, I agree. I think that is good. I, it works really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I can, like, there are talking animals that I don't mind at all. But, like, Pascal is so much less annoying because he doesn't talk. <laughs> yes, exactly. It makes him way more adorable. Yep. And that's kind of a trend, like the... Um, animals in Frozen don't talk and the animals in Moana don't talk. Yep. So I'm kind of down for that trend. Yep. Talk- talking animals is so 1990s. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. My other favorite part is when they're in the, was it the cuddly duckling or whatever, that the bar, and mm-hmm. they have the whole song about I've got a dream, and it's uh, the, the part that Zachary Levi sings about surrounded by enormous piles of money just get stuck in a loop in my head because that's my dream too surrounded by enormous piles of money (laughs) that's also such a well directed musical sequence Mm. in an animated movie and the moment of it that like I think takes it a step above is the like shot from outside the uh, snuggly duckling and the music is inside it Mm mm-hmm yeah. Like, there's a thing, you know, in film, uh, we talk about diegetic or uh, non-diegetic music. Diegetic mm-hmm. is mu- music that is heard by the characters and exists in the world. And non-diegetic is atmospheric and, like, doesn't exist in the world. And I really like the choice in this movie that, diegetically, the music is there. There's actual instruments that are actually being played, and they are literally singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the characters are literally singing. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So shall we get into the way Way too too seriously portion of our show? Let's get in right with that scene. Okay. With those, because I just have some things to say definitely about all these big burly men and their dreams. What do you have to say? So we've got, um, yeah, all these stereotypically big burly guys they're all fighters and who knows, they're thieves. We're not really ruffians and thugs. Ruff, ruffians and thugs, exactly. And when they sing about they've got a dream, all of their dreams are stereotypically feminine and uh, delicate. And it's really interesting. I don't know exactly what's there, but I want to talk about it. I see two ways of reading it, and I'll I'll suggest them both, and then we can decide maybe what we think is right. Mm-hmm. One way of reading it is it is a comedy of juxtaposition. Yeah. So a great, big, strong, burly guy knitting is funny because they're not supposed to. Yeah. And it's funny for the same reason as a little tiny grandma doing kickboxing in a movie is funny because it's just they're doing something that you don't expect. They're doing a 
something that's counter to the stereotypes associated with them as an archetype. And that actually reinforces the stereotypes because it says, this is a thing that this person, it is funny for them, him to want to do. Uh, for him to want to be knitting is comical. Mm -hmm. For an ugly guy to think he could find love is comical. Mm -hmm. You know, the comedy comes from how inappropriate their dreams are for what we expect of them and what's really possible for them. Yeah, even like a hook hand being able to play the piano. Exactly, right? Mm. An alternate reading is that it's completely subverting these uh, archetypes and stereotypes and saying that people have depth and uh, complexity that goes beyond what you would expect based on their appearance and that that uh, the stereotypes have imposed upon them or have denied them the opportunity to pursue their real dreams and that why it's so moving to them that like I have a dream I can follow is that they're recognizing in the course of that song the possibility of subverting the stereotypes that they've been directed into and it's very empowering that they could be allowed to collect ceramic unicorns and bake cupcakes which is what they actually want to do and toxic masculinity specifically has kind of filtered them into violence which isn't what they want out of life i definitely come down the side on side b of your argument there i think that this does subvert the tropes because within the movie they're not made fun of for these things no within the movie this isn't like a laughing thing this is like their genuine dream and in the end they get it Yep. It's not something that's like, oh, it's so silly, and then we laugh it off and we never talk about it again. They all, the whole, like, epilogue is they all got their dreams. He becomes a mime at the end. He wins true love at the end. All sorts of things come true about their dreams. Yeah. So I think that it is subverting that toxic masculinity and saying that it's okay to... And, I mean, of course, there is the element of humor. There is, like, like you say, the kickboxing grandma... Yeah. kind of idea is it's funny because it's not your typical it's not what you expect it's not what you expect out of what we've been told to expect the ugly guy who wants love is one i want to focus on even more than all the rest of them yes because i was paying attention this time and like i think it's very easy for that to have been an incel uh mm, character yeah and call. i don't think he is no He's not bitter that uh, women are stuck up and don't love him. He is saying that you might not expect him to want intimacy and uh, romance because of his appearance, but he does. Mm -hmm. And that he says that that's like what he expresses is that that's something about himself and his uh, desire for, you know, a connection. Yeah. Which he then gets. Yeah, right? absolutely. He doesn't say he wants a woman. He doesn't say, like, he says he wants a love connection. I really want to make a love connection. And the, the woman who he is connected to at the end is blink and you miss her. So I don't, I think there's a danger of, like, women are required always to be physically attractive. Yep. And men aren't. I don't think I can even uh, fault this movie for that, although but she's not, like, uh, boils and big nose like him. 
Mm-hmm. But we don't even really see her. Yes. So her, the, her physical characteristics are not highlighted at all. It's not, I want a beautiful woman to be, it is, I want a love connection. Yeah. Right? I actually really like it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Is his, like, I've got a dream. They just, they dream to escape this toxic masculinity. Exactly. I really like that. And it, and then through the dream, like, what they all do is they empathize with her dream. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really great moment, actually. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. I really like it. I think it's actually quite touching. And so, that her speech mm-hmm. to start it is like, find your humanity. And then they do. And the way they find their humanity is by saying, like, there's more to me than there seems to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is exactly what finding your humanity is. Yeah. So what else do we want to take seriously in this movie? I mean, we could quickly... I don't like going by it really quickly, but as I always say, I just don't think there's anything more to say than what we've already beaten into the ground a million times. This is a super white movie. Mm, yep. Uh, the end, <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you think about how this movie is representing gender and sexuality? Well, I mean, this movie passes the Bechdel test because of Mother Gothel and Rapunzel having multiple conversations. About each other. About yeah. each other. Um, that's the only two women in the movie. Yep. There's not a ton of characters, per se. The ruffians are all male. Yeah. Uh, the Stabbington brothers and all the captains of the guard. And even both the horse and the chameleon. Yeah. And then, of course, Flynn. And, of course, Flynn. Um, there's a... I have, like... A couple of thoughts come to mind immediately about this movie and especially how why it's why is it called tangled instead of rapunzel right Mm, yes this the other reason that this movie is uh paired with frozen is it's this little moment when disney was like let's make princess movies covertly Mm -hmm. let's make princess movies on the dl and not let anyone know that they're princess movies until you're sitting in your seat (laughs) right right uh They very downplayed in the marketing. They downplayed Rapunzel and played up Flynn because they didn't think that boys would want to come see a movie about Rapunzel. Uh, And so it's called Tangled, and in the marketing, they play up Flynn. And even afterwards, they kind of have justified it by being like, it's because it's not Rapunzel, it's both of them, and their lives are both tangled, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's Rapunzel's story. Yeah. Actually. And there's kind of a bunch of tangled up uh, thoughts I have about that. That, like, there's a real... It's sad, honestly, more than anything else, uh, assumption that boys won't and shouldn't and can't care about stories about girls. Mm -hmm. And so you have to trick them into it. And it makes me think back to, like, the whole Disney tradition of princess stories. That, like, Disney is built on princess yeah. stories. And we could talk about princesses, they, and I want to. Hmm? They created this. Yeah. They created this problem. They made this whole Disney princess brand, basically, and now, like, 
or like for a long time, Disney princess brand versus cars brand. Yep. And that's what you do for boys and for girls. It was almost impossible for us to find anything that weren't those two things, you know, toothbrushes and pencil cases and whatever. Yep. And, and so they, they, they created this world with these characters in them and this strong, strong gender divide. And then they were like, oh no, now we have to market this movie. And we've already told them all that they aren't allowed to watch princess movies and they, and yeah, and so then they had to do this whole tangled thing. Yep. But all that said, that's all in the marketing. That's all in the marketing. The movie itself is Rapunzel's story. Yeah, and there's Super a real is. like, regardless of, and I'm gonna want to talk in a second about uh, sexuality and compulsory heterosexuality and all that. But regardless of that, you know. It's kind of refreshing to have another movie that is the Disney's that is uh, centering a girl's story mm-hmm. when it feels like Disney was kind of ashamed of that for a while. And even in the marketing was ashamed of that. Yes, it's true. Uh, so I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Rapunzel might fall into not quite as strongly she might fall into this trope that we've talked about of like hyper competent hyper optimistic girl characters Mm, yes she's definitely got that whole judy hops leslie nope annie thing going on she's got the optimism she's got honestly the competence too the added element of that she's a fish out of water changes that a little bit i think because she she's... has impossible optimism and uh, emotional stability considering yeah. what she grew up with. Yeah. It's kind of, it's ridiculous in a way. That's another plot hole that I'm happy to blink away. I'm not entirely happy to blink it away. Because I don't want to see a, like, yeah, I, I actually do want to see it. And I did. And it was called Room and it was a really good movie. But in a kid's movie, I don't really want to see the effects of trauma on long-term emotional abuse. Yes, <laughs> right? that is you know, like, Yes, yeah, you're right. It's just a little too real, <laughs> just I think. A baby, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. So she's got the optimism. She's got the optimism. What do we think about I said we'd get back to it in a second, and now's the time to get back to it. It has very strong uh, compulsory heterosexuality in this movie. Yes. There's really the one female lead and the one male lead, and they're married by the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's fairy tale. That's kind of standard fairy tale. Well, is it though? (laughs) Yes. Well, is it though? (laughs) Happily ever after is kind of a thing. (laughs) Um, Yes, but if you read, like actual fairy tale fairy tales happily ever after does not always mean that the boy and the girl are married well in rapunzel it means that they had twins and then got married or i know right happily ever after and before um yeah what do you think there's a moment in this movie that uh i want to really draw attention to right at the very end where flynn as the narrator says the big question is whether rapunzel and i got married did rapunzel and i ever get married 
Well, I'm pleased to tell you that after years and years of asking and asking and asking, I finally said yes. Eugene. All right. I asked her. <laughs> yeah, that was disappointing. I really wish they just left it. Yep. I really wish they would just end the sentence with, after years and years of asking, I finally said yes. That would have been so much more clever. The undermining of that is icky and just not, yeah, I don't like it. And it's like an example that we have come up through our whole podcast. This comes up every once in a while that like this is an example where the serious badness uh, causes badness. Yeah, exactly. That after years of asking, I finally said yes. The end is so much stronger writing. Yeah, uh, it's funnier, <laughs> and they it's stronger, undermine it's it because you cannot have the girl asking the boy. You know yeah, exactly. And it's just like toxic gender stereotypes ruin your joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Get over yourselves. As well as reinforcing, like, that why do why does the man have to ask the woman because the woman has to be passive? Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. Right? Because agency is in the hands of the man. That's why that's the uh, stereotype. He's asking to possess her as her uh, new patriarchal figure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you proposed to me. That I did. <laughs> and that was... I would do it again. But, you know, you could have proposed to me. I was waiting around. <laughs> I was dropping hints all over the place. <laughs> True story. True story. I could have, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, were, we, were, we were very young and hadn't made up our minds about these kind of things yet. We were young and hadn't figured these things out. I didn't ask your dad's permission. Yeah, I know. He was not impressed with that. I would, I would once again not ask, but that is something nope, I... I'm glad you didn't. It wasn't an oversight. <laughs> I didn't forget to ask. Anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, that's a thing. Gender roles making the movie worse. Yeah, absolutely. So aside from our typical things that we talked about, Rapunzel is a fairy tale that existed before this movie mm -hmm. and for a long time you know in my mind you know cinderella sleeping beauty those all are movies that came out before i was born and so the disney version is the version i know whereas rapunzel i really knew the actual fairy tale long long before this movie came out and so i was really concerned and had no idea what it was going to be like to have a disney version of rapunzel do you want to speak a little bit to, like, the differences between... Well, I don't know if I... I mean, I do want to speak a little to the differences. I was really... I think in the moment I was worried, but as I think about it now, I'm really glad that Disney came back to fairy tales with this. Mm -hmm. Because I think there is a level of thematic depth and complexity in fairy tales that... Uh, survives disneyfication mm -hmm. and adds just a lot of nuance and depth to what this movie is about um so in terms of like the differences uh i don't know if i, I you might think, have things to say more than me actually about i just that. think it's significant that they take away the the agency of the parents the parents are non-characters yep. in this 
Whereas in the in the fairy tale of Rapunzel, it's her parents' fault that she's taken away. Right. It's the mother can't help but eat Rapunzel. Yeah. And then so they name the daughter Rapunzel. And Which is a kind of lettuce. <laughs> it's a kind of lettuce. It's delicious, I must say. I might eat it too. Um and they're poor. Yeah. That... They're not you know, the king and queen. They're poor peasants. I said I didn't have much to say, as much to say as you did, but when you started talking, I, I re- was reminded of the one thing I really do have to say about, is about the, Rapunzel is a peasant girl in this book, mm-hmm. in the fairy tale. And why is she a princess in this movie? I would say for two reasons. One, because Disney marketing says she has to be a princess. And two, because... Uh, Extremely toxic classism says that uh, high-class aristocratic stories are the ones we care about. Mm-hmm. And I am not on board with either of those. And, like, her being a princess specifically, the... Oh. <laughs> you, yeah. A lot, a lot of fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales, are about peasants. Mm-hmm. And Disney doesn't like to tell stories about peasants. No, um, not necessarily. Because there's a hidden sense of classism and exceptionalism undergirding Disney fairy tales where you're born to wealth and power and that makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. And that shows up through Grimm's fairy tales too. Or even in the case of uh, Beauty and the Beast... Born to beauty and intelligence. Yeah. Even as a peasant. Yeah. And like, Belle is better than the other people in her village. Yep. And the the live action version underscores that by saying she's not from there. Yeah. They have to explain why she's so much better than the rest of them because it doesn't make sense. She's like a flower that grew out of a pot of dirt. Uh, (laughs) Using a Simpsons line. But, so yeah, it's troubling in that way that they have to make Rapunzel the princess and because it means that it it really uh turns up the degree to which Rapunzel is Flynn's reward mm-hmm. so he gets to marry the princess and become the rich person that he always dreamed of being yeah when he gives up on his uh morally dubious uh thieving his reward is that he gets to have the wealth that he was trying to thief so that he could achieve yeah and that's represented by him getting to possess her that's all skeevy i was kind of interested in talking a little bit about just the what's retained actually Mm -hmm. and that is rapunzel is a story of a maiden in a tower Mm -hmm. it's a type of fairy tale one of several that follow the basic outline of like there's a girl trapped in a tower or a prison or something Mm -hmm. right Damsel in distress. Damsel in distress, but specifically like trapped in solitary confinement. Mm. And what Rapunzel is about, both fairy tale and Tangled, is about like uh, Mother Gothel is mother. Uh, in the grim fairy tale, she's Dame Gothel, but she's mother because uh, symbolically she's about mothers, parents, but mothers specifically who vicariously take the youth of their children protect their children by keeping them walled up in a tower by keeping them weak and the the uh 
symbolic story of Rapunzel is about how children need to escape the control of their parents to enter the world mm-hmm. and how the protection of your parents is damaging and mm. stunts your growth, right? And so Rapunzel has to leave the tower and in both the fairy tale and the movie, she does that, uh, like there's a, in the fairy tale, very overt and in the movie implied implied symbolic uh, sexual maturity that is connected to leaving the tower of the protection of her uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. And the song Mother Knows Best in the movie really does a beautiful job of pulling all those themes together, that it's about she... Uh, tells her child and even to a degree herself that she's protecting her child for her child's own good but actually it doesn't do her child any good what it does is allow the mother to vicariously remain young and to be the guardian of her child's maturity and uh, the uh, the mediator of her experience of the world Mm, yes I think that all of that is like resonates very profoundly with just what it is to be a human who grows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's one of the reasons why Rapunzel as a fairy tale, like has all of this and the, the movie can barely help. I think they're doing it consciously, but even if they weren't like they'd pull all that in because it comes out of the fairy tale. And that's one of the reasons why I think fairy tales are such a rich source material because no matter how you change it, they have this like layered, really deeply layered uh, insight into aspects of human existence and development that mm-hmm. comes from centuries of repetition to like we tell the stories that matter. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I really like. Rep- tangled for all that those reasons that it's dealing with this really profound aspect of what it is to be a human and grow and like the moment when rapunzel has escaped her tower and she's like i can't believe i did this i can't believe i did this i can't believe i did this (laughs) mother would be so furious that's okay i mean what she doesn't know won't kill her right oh my gosh this would kill her horrible daughter. I'm going back. I am never going back! <laughs> I am a despicable human being. Woohoo! Best day ever! <laughs> oh, that's so relatable. I love that part. It's so true to so many feelings that you have as a person, is you can't figure out exactly how you feel. That conflicted feeling is... I'm so glad they portrayed that. And it's just what it is to mature. Mm-hmm. And like, I, well, I said, like, she doesn't have damage and stuff. It's, they do show that she has an attachment. She has a strong attachment to Mother Gothel. She keeps going back to her and she, and she uh, feels guilty for leaving her, which is exactly how you feel about an abuser. Yeah, and even, like, the subtext of the movie is that that's all parents. 
other subtext of the fairy tale is that that's all parents mm. that abusers uh the difference between abusers and and loving healthy parents is that loving parents uh try to mitigate that and mm-hmm. abusers um manipulate it and build on it yeah right but that conflict is there in all parents yeah you want to protect your children your children feel like they betray you when they gain the independence that hopefully as a parent you're trying to give them but at the same time uh it's it's a in you're you have to say goodbye to something that mattered a lot when you step away from the tower symbolically Mm. and that hurts both the parent and the child yeah uh and in a good loving healthy relationship the parent encourages that anyway but it's so easy to manipulate Mm-hmm. It's so easy to, for that to become a unhealthy and abusive, or it's for, so easy f- for an unhealthy and abusive relationship to manipulate those natural attachments and feelings. Mm-hmm. You know? That is really true. Yeah. I feel like there's a thousand more things to say about Rapunzel, but I think that that kind of sums it up quite nicely. Yeah. So... About Rapunzel the fairy tale, we could like do a whole series but yeah exactly we can leave that so we um have started recently to say what age group we think this movie is appropriate for tangled oh all ages I all mean, ages as young as you're willing to let your kids watch tv which is recommended too but everyone doesn't follow that anymore uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like Rapunzel has no really scary things at all. The scariest moment is when Mother Gothel's turning into dust. Yeah. It goes pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. So like, man, this is a great all ages movie and I mean, I love it as a grown up. My kids still love it now as ten and seven, so yeah. For sure. Agreed. Good across the board. Is it good? Is it seriously good? It's good. It's good. I feel like lately every movie, when I'm listening to our pod, my, I listen to our own podcast. Does that make me a narcissist? When I listen to our own podcast, I feel like I hear myself over and over being like, well, it's good. (laughs) Maybe we've just (laughs) We haven't been letting our kids pick a lot of really bad movies lately. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a good movie. This is a good movie. I think that can be the end of that conversation. Like, I don't think there's anything... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's got some great moments. Is it seriously good? Is it seriously good? I think that it is. Although the compulsory heterosexuality and whiteness are troubling. Mm -hmm. I am inclined to call it seriously good because of the complexity with which it treats the themes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see why someone would argue that those don't uh, overcome the badness of it. What do you think? I think it is seriously good. I think that... Um well, it does have its issues with, uh, like you said, it's super white, like a lot of the 
Disney movies mm-hmm. are, and it has that, yeah, just some issues there. It's there's nothing in it that's making me go, ooh, oh no, you know. There's there's just I don't really see much there, and someone else might, so you could tell us about it. But I think I rate it good, seriously good. Yeah, and just one more like statement on seriously goodness is just to say the. Uh, there are some real opportunities to do seriously bad things that they avoid. Yeah, exactly. Specifically in the Snuggly Duckling, Mm -hmm. as we already talked about. So I agree. I call it good and seriously good. I would be so interested in hearing your uh, opinions if you think it seriously is not good. Yeah, absolutely. So you can give us those opinions on Twitter, at WTScast. You can send us your emails, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. You can also contact us through uh, Facebook and Reddit. Those links are in our show notes, as well as uh, Instagram. I mean, you can't really contact us through Instagram. There's mm. comments. There's and, comments. Like, DMs, I guess. Paul has been posting pictures of little sketches that he draws of our movies that we've been watching. He recently put up one of. I guess not recently considering when this is going to come out, but when we're recording this, he's just put up a great picture of Spider-Man. It was fun to draw. Hopefully between now and then he'll put up a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you love what we do, if you even just like what we do, <laughs> you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash clockworkscast where if you support us by a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, you get little extra bonus material and even early access to these episodes. If you are already a supporter on Patreon and you want to engage us in our comments on that page, you can do it there. That's another Mm -hmm. way to contact us. And tell your friends about WTS. Fun story, I was standing around in a crowd of parents waiting for waiting to pick up our kids uh after an event and a couple of parents were talking about frozen and they said something along the lines of uh, how how tired they were of the soundtrack but how good frozen was and how it was the best disney movie in a long time and i had to bite my tongue from being like yeah but what about tangled because i was like i don't want to look like a weirdo but if you're not afraid to look like a weirdo, <laughs> you could tell people about the seriousness of movies. <laughs> you just decided you still, I don't want to like explain for you, but the way you put it to me earlier was that you almost engaged and then decided I can't have this conversation without being way too serious. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes when you are getting way too serious about kids' movies, you might mention that there's a fun podcast you can listen to. Yeah. <laughs> So, I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And I've got a dream. You've got a dream? I've got a dream. You've got a dream? I've got a dream. What's your dream? I've got a dream. What? What is it, Paul? To do a podcast with you. Oh, well, dream fulfilled. They became a concert penis that... Pianist? (laughs) I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Pianist. Piano player. Penis, 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 penis.
he became a concert piano player and <laughs> I can't do it I can't do it I'm just gonna choose something else penis 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 that that's, that's going good. shut up do not I know it is <laughs> <laughs>